0: Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? A little chilly, but ain't nothing like where it's going to be next week. Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and uh, for the next hour or so, we're going to be talking about gardening. This is the Gestalt Gardener program. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, a locally produced program, and my producer is an awesome Java Chapman. And again, for the next hour or so, this uh, pre uh, Veterans Day, is it Veterans Day? Veterans Day whatever it is, I'm one of them coming up Monday for the next hour or so we're just going to talk about gardening there's uh, some stuff to do to get hunkered down for next week, some things that I'm going to be doing some things I share with you, also some events coming up, but again, for the next hour it's a call-in program, is live I happen to be calling from Oklahoma City Oklahoma, but we're going to talk gardening again, horticulture's fell to rushing we'll be right back with the Gestalt Gardener right here on MBB, right after this This is an MPB
1: Think Radio podcast.
0: Okie dokie, folks. Java. (laughs) I pushed the wrong button. I'm six hundred miles away and i still push the wrong button. Can hey man, you hear me? Okay? It's
1: live. It's live <laughs> radio. So if you if if you're not ready, then you need to get ready because it's live radio. I, I,
0: just as I started doing the music, I was uh looking at some pictures on my, my my iPhone, my cell phone, that I broadcast from, and I p- thought I would turn the pictures off and I hung up on you. But anyway, we're back and you sounds okay, right?
1: Oh yeah, man. We are all good. It's we're good to go. This Friday morning.
0: Okay, dokie. Let me clue everybody else in. I'm uh, in Oklahoma City about to give a talk to the uh, Oklahoma Master Garden. There's a whole bunch of folks in there. They're getting all ready to whoop it up. And anyway, I'm broadcasting program live from my office right next next to the studio. So when I get off the air, I'm walking straight onto a stage and whooping it up. But anyway, it's a live program though. And if you want to give us a call through the miracle of Skype and my headphones and my computer and all that kind of stuff, we're going to be talking about gardening. And if there's some things that are on your mind, you can give us a call and we'll talk about that. But uh, it, uh, and I can't remember. I want to say it's Veterans Day coming up Monday. Is that right? Yeah. Veterans Day? It's
1: it's Veterans Day, um, uh, November 11th.
0: Okay. I knew it was something like that. Well, I'm a veteran. My son's a veteran. My dad was a veteran. Matter of fact, I'm going to brag just a little bit. My son, Ira, is a captain in the Army. Uh, He was a Marine for a long time, and uh, he is the 11th direct generation rushing to serve in American military service. A direct line for 11 generations. Of course, First couple were uh, working for the British, but that counts, too, still in America. So, anyway, uh, congratulations, uh, veterans. I appreciate all your service and not a cliché from one vet to the other. Uh, but, anyway, for the next little while, we're going to be talking about gardening. We're going to be getting dirty. Got a few things that are happening uh, coming up the, the next uh, few weeks. Some of you may be interested in some uh, some some events. Um and we'll talk about some of those. But for the most part, it's going to be just call-in program, just chatting about whatever's on your mind. And if it's related to the cold coming up, I'm right there with you. I just set out a whole bunch of stuff in my garden this past week, right before that rain. I knew it was going to rain, so I planted a bunch of annuals. I got bulbs coming up in one area of the garden, so I tucked in some little violas and a few other little low-growing things in with them. So it'll be a real pretty scene. Uh, a lot of flowers before the daffodils bloom, and when the daffodils are bloom, I made sure I planted small ones a little the little purple and yellow violas, they'll complement the, the bulbs instead of competing with them like great big pansies would. Uh, so, anyway, I'm pretty well set that way. And uh, luckily, I've got plants out there like kale, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure about my broccoli and cabbage if it'll take a sudden 20 degrees. But uh, for the most part, everything's put to bed, we've got plenty of things to yak about. Plenty of things to talk about. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. In Java, you're going to have to let me do, know when people call because I can't see it. Uh, by the way, uh, last week I was walking around and uh, I had a really unusual uh, smell. I, I mentioned this uh, last week, but it hit me again this, this past week. Walking around the neighborhood, the sweet olives are in full bloom. It's a, a plant that grows in the, the, the deep south, the lower south, mid-south, uh, and it blooms this time of year, real, real fragrant, and it just takes me back to my childhood. But also, there was a gardenia that's still blooming. And talk about a weird comp- combination, gardenias, sort of a sicky sweet, and the uh, the sweet olive, which is a, uh, a type of viburnum. It's viburnum odor, fragrantissima odor. I can't remember the Latin name, but it's, it, means, it smells good. Um, Anyway, a lot of stuff blooming the Sasanqua, the Camellia Sasanquas are coming into full bloom. In some places, they are in full bloom. And uh, we're starting to see a lot of shoots of early blooming paperwhite daffodils, little paperwhite daffodils that bloom sometimes in time for, for Thanksgiving, usually by Christmas, always in December. Paperwhites are strictly for the south. They won't grow further north unless you're trying to make them grow in a bowl full of water or something like that. But anyway, it's going to be a pretty decent weekend, good weekend to get out and uh, tuck things down. Go ahead and pull up some of your summer annuals, your peppers, your tomatoes, because they're going to get cut down next week anyway. A whole lot easier to pull them up when they're firm and not after they freeze and they turn all slimy and all. And uh, if you want to set out some garlic, it's not too late to plant garlic. Daffodils, of course, this is the time to set out daffodil bulbs. And, uh, again, I mentioned kale, violas, things like that. Uh, Dusty Miller, there's plenty of things that, that, that really, really like cold weather. And uh, there's some seeds I started also. We'll talk about that a little bit. But, again, uh, it is a live program, toll-free. If you want to give us a call, toll free one eight seven mpb ring um, It's going to be um, – Kind of interesting to have this sudden freeze. There's a lot of plants that will take hard freezes if they gradually get used to it. And uh, this what, what gets a lot of plants is that sudden drop in temperatures. Uh, so if you've got plants out there that um, that have are a little on the tender side, you might want to think about throwing something over them just that first night when it gets down so, so cold. They can take in the 30s, no problem, but a sudden dip into the 20s. If you're going to throw something over your plants, the tender plants, I'm thinking azaleas and things like that, uh, don't cover them up completely. And leave them like that because when the temperatures rise again you can actually make the plants too tender with warm temperatures but the idea is to trap heat rising from the soil our soil is warm and as the cold air comes in if you could trap some of that heat by just placing a blanket or sheet or something like that over it all the way to the ground uh there's a plenty it's it's like using your dirt as a thermal heater so there's plenty of ways you could do that main thing is the sun comes out if you're using clear plastic the sun comes back out, take it off because it will absolutely steam your plants, it's like leaving your plants on the dashboard in a closed-up car. It'll absolutely uh, it'll toast them. It'll, it'll steam them to death. And I also want to give a special shout-out to those of you who are listening to my podcast. I was in Texas this past week giving a talk at the Antique Rose Emporium, and several people say that as they drive around, they listen to this podcast. I'm thinking, you know, this is from Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama. But if folks from from, uh, from points outside want to listen to it, I guess it's because really, if you think about it, gardening is a universal thing. Our plants change, seasons change, a, little, a lot of variations, but in general, gardeners have the same spirit. So when you're doing a, a lot of the kind of stuff that we all do, regardless of who you are or where you garden. So um, one of the things that I did when I was at the Antique Report Port, and I talked about uh, diggers, the determined independent gardeners—that's what I'm talking about with the master gardeners here in Oklahoma. But um, I brought some plants back because I'm a digger too. I brought some roses, already scouting around, hadn't planted them yet uh, because I'm scouting for a spot. Just put them so they'll be there in their what I call forever home. Uh, but also, I brought back a couple of wildflowers that are really hardy uh, in the south, and you don't see them for sale anywhere. But I've got. Um, you know a lot of people know about the what what we call wild azuratum or blue mist flower. wild azuretum you see along the roadsides and the ditches and uh, particularly along fence rows where mowers can't get to it. Well, I got a white one uh, when I was uh, there in uh, just outside College Station, Texas, Independence, Texas, where the antique rose emporium is, uh, they had some lining a, a a row of roses as a backdrop. And they had more pollinators, more bees, more of the hoverflies, more butterflies, more of everything than any other flower out there. Just blooms in the fall. So I picked a couple of those kind of plants up. And uh, once I get them established in my garden next year, I'll be able to take some cuttings and maybe share them with some of y'all. But uh, again, if you want to give us a call, toll free, 1-877-MPB-RING. I know you're sitting Mm -hmm. out there thinking about how cold it's going to be. But uh, meanwhile, let's slide down to... To Mobile, Don's calling, uh, and I understand you're a veterinarian?
2: A veteran, Air Force
0: veteran. Oh, oh, a veteran instead of vet. vet, uh, vet. So Air Force veteran, how are you, sir? Appreciate it.
2: Very good. Uh, Thank you for your service and your uh, family. Um, Also, I'm in the Master Gardener program here in Mobile, Alabama, Uh and I hope hope to graduate uh, next week. You've been a real inspiration as part of that. Well, I appreciate
0: that. Let me give you a couple of real quick tips. The Master Gardener Program, which I, by the way, when I was with the Extension Service, we were the last state in Mississippi to get the program. And uh, after him and Hahn, we finally got one started. But sometimes it's taught like junior horticulture, less hands-on gardening. So, uh, you know, you're learning how to, to figure stuff out real quick, but don't let, the, don't let the, uh, the rules and stuff like that keep you from enjoying your own garden.
2: All right, I'll keep that in mind. And one um question I was asked uh yesterday was about uh satsumas uh down here the, the Owari uh, satsumas that we have down here on the coast, Gulf Coast. Uh-huh. And um and if they should run out and pluck some of those before it gets down into the 20s and No, tonight, no. No. Since well, it was I another know. master gardener. I I um I relayed a a rumor that I heard that it the cold actually makes some Sweeter, is that got any, any uh, truth in not,
0: fact? N- not that I know of. Uh, citrus, unlike a- uh, apples and pears, uh, you know, they it was, was ripen pretty quickly. Citrus ripen pretty slowly over a long period of time, and the longer they're on the plant, the sweeter they get. Um I don't know that the twenties is gonna do you know if if you're in town in a kind of protected place, probably not to get that cold because you know it's mostly out in the open where the where the cold is a real problem but uh is your tree very big or, or what too big to cover
2: uh yes, too big to cover yeah
0: uh well, you can pick some if they you know Bite into one first because you know that's all you're going to get. They're not going to get any sweeper sweet. You know they're not going to ripen off the tree, is what I'm saying. So bite into it. They taste okay. Uh, if it's acceptable, I go in and pluck as many as you can reach. All right. But
2: uh, and and time. those
0: you can't reach. Those that are closer to the ground are more likely to not be damaged by the frost. Because again, there's a lot of heat in the ground. There's and it rises up when the cold front
2: comes in. All right. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're uh, we like our warm weather down here, but uh, we're we're standing by for the cold. That's
0: right. Hey, uh, if if you give, if you think about it, give us a call next week. And let us know how if you leave someone. Let us know how they worked. Will do.
3: All yeah, right. appreciate
0: it. Like it. Okay, thank you so much. All righty, um, hey Dan, that was that Dan from Mobile. We're having some real problems with citrus plants. By the way, uh, I was uh, talking with some people in Texas who work with citrus. Uh, there's a disease called greening, greening, citrus greening, and it's, uh, it's something that's spread by insects, and it's a real, real problem, uh, causing a lot. Of, as a matter of fact, they are quarantines, and I'm thinking between citrus greening and a rose rosette and crepe myrtle bark scale, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. That's what makes you really glad that you're just growing tough, tough plants. Plenty of variety out there. So if something's really bothering your plants, don't let it worry so much. Uh, Let's see if we can be proactive and do something ahead of time. If not, just relax and go with the flow. There's plenty of plants out there. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. The lines are wide open. If you want to give us a call, you're going to take just a little bit of a short break and uh, come back with your phone calls. So uh, stick with us. We'll be right back with more here at MPB. Me and Java Chapman and all the other folks at MPB, glad to bring this garden party to you. Won't you join us?
1: anything on MPB Think
0: Radio, you can always stay up to date by logging on to our website at mpbonline.org or use your mobile device and download our MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission.
1: Hey, this is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio.
0: okie okay, dokie folks welcome back Horticulture fell to rushing looking forward to chatting with you about whatever is going on in your gardening mind i got an email during the break uh, from charlie harris he said i talked about spider lilies a week or so ago he said uh, he just dug up some azaleas and between them there are a bunch of uh, these spider lily leaves uh, where they get almost no sun he wants to move them Uh, One thing that I learned, we were talking with Brent Heath from uh, Brent and Becky's Bulbs and also uh, with our friend Jerry Palmer, who's out from Brandon, and he sells the bulbs through the Mississippi Market Bulletin. Um, I found out that that one of the reasons why spider lilies skip a year blooming is when you dig them up, right now mine have got leaves up, but they also have roots, and if those roots dry out, They'll still grow and they'll do fine, but they'll probably skip next year blooming. So it's really important if you're going to be digging uh, spider lilies and moving them or daffodils to go ahead and replant them as soon as you can. Matter of fact, have the, uh, uh, the the holes where they're going to go dug ahead of time. So dig them, try not to disturb their roots or certainly don't let the roots dry out. And if you want to know uh, the addresses of those places that I said that had the spider lilies, shoot me an email, garden at mpb online.org. Uh, notice that there's a. Uh, let me see where I have. I had some notes. So here we go. Um, in two weeks, November 23rd, uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Camellia Society is going to have its 67th annual show. It's going to be Saturday, November 23rd. It's going to be from one o'clock to four o'clock. It's so the afternoon. Uh, on saturday it's at the lyman community center and that's uh, on highway 49 at gulfport north north of gulfport but the lyman community center the f- show is free they can have all sorts of stuff including some really cool plants for sale now, you know these are the kind of plants that the experts grow they think that they're that, that they're really really good for you so i hope you have a chance to swing by there uh, if there's uh, an event going on that i can help with if i can help promote it shoot me an email, let me know ahead of time, and we'll be glad to, to help help promote it. Uh, by the way, I've got a, a cheesy tune coming up a little while that celebrates my being in Oklahoma. About to go talk to the Oklahoma Master Gardeners uh, Association here, and uh, I've got a, a really, really good song. It's not the, from the original musical Oklahoma, but the tune is, Oscar and Hammerstein uh, tune. I think you really enjoy that. Uh, one of the things that, that, that I got an email about Uh, the other day was about planting buckeye seeds and i've actually planted them myself buckeyes are a native plant they have pretty red flowers in the springtime Uh, really good for hummingbirds Uh, matter of fact the hummingbirds follow them as they start blooming on the gulf coast hummingbirds follow the buckeyes further north all the way up into canada they have a different kind of buckeye out there but uh, hummingbirds are really attracted to the early spring late winter early spring buckeyes it's a shade plant so if you've got a shady yard it's a great plant It grow. It's an understory tree, uh, bigger than a, than a dogwood, uh, spikes of red flowers, and they're really, really easy from seeds. They have seeds that are about as big as well, two of my thumbs, I guess, two of my thumbs, how big they are. And if you can find some, put them in some potting soil right now, this time of year, and uh, if it's going to freeze, you know, cover them up. But they will sprout and be six, seven, eight inches tall uh, before winter. And you can send them out whenever, wherever you want to. But buckeyes are real, real easy. Great big seeds come up almost immediately when you plant them. Uh, a couple of other plants I brought back from, from Texas were some hardy succulents, a type of agave, you know, the great big century plant. There's some dwarf agaves. Some are variegated. Some have really funny-looking thick leaves, but they're really, really hardy. and they look good in pots outside when there's not much out there. Uh, And I also brought back some small succulents, some sedums, the type of things that spread like ground covers. And so I'm looking forward to put those in a a planting area in the middle of my driveway. When I poured my driveway, we had some open areas left down the middle, like long, thin strips uh, right down the, the center of the driveway. And a lot of reflected heat, a lot of sun. A lot of cold, not a whole lot of water, and are going to grow low enough to where it's not going to scrape off the oil pan every time I pull in with my pickup truck. So I'm going to go with some of these kind of hardy sedums. Uh, anyway, we got the lines open right now. Give us a call, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING, and I'll be glad to chat with you. Uh, by the way, I got a call from Lucienne, uh, um, I don't and it does say where she's from, But her name is Gaucher. Anyway, she says she has a 30-something-year-old ficus tree, a weeping fig, that uh, spends a lot of time outdoors, but going to have to bring it inside. And uh, she said it's about seven or eight feet tall and one side of the limb heavy. It's just top-heavy and cumbersome. Uh, She said, I need to bring it to a size to allow it to come indoors. But uh, she said uh, that, anyway, she said the plant is near and dear to her. She got it from her mother-in-law 25 years ago, and she passed it on to my care looking forward to hearing from you so anyway this is a tricky one because if your mother-in-law gave it to you you better try to keep it alive here's the deal though weeping figs i've got one that i've had for whew, 35 years or so maybe 40 years long time and when it goes in and out and the, the fall it comes in and the spring it goes out i prune it so hard there's no leaves left on it and that sounds kind of shocking, but if you don't prune it, when you bring a weeping fig or a rubber tree or a uh, hibiscus, Chinese hibiscus, when you bring those in in the wintertime, the sudden change from bright light and high humidity and warm temperature to the relatively cool temperatures, lower light, and more important, the fall off anyway. They, because they just can't take, wherever leaves are formed, that's the conditions that they perform best in. When you bring them from outdoors in, those leaves aren't efficient, plant simply throws them off and you got to sweep stuff up for two or three or four weeks. If you prune the plant back, uh, you know, to pencil size twigs, size of your fingers, you know, it doesn't really hurt the plant at all. They just think they've been pruned and it gets rid of all those leaves before they fall onto your floor and the plant will quickly put out new growth, and that new growth will be better adapted to the indoor conditions. So if you're bringing in uh, hibiscus, weeping fig, other plants that typically lose their leaves when you bring them in, go ahead and prune them, uh, cut them back. It makes it easier to bring them in, easier to clean them up. You're not bringing little weird bugs and stuff on them, and they'll quickly put out new growth and do fine. By the way, I also prune mine, set them back outside because uh, the leaves that are growing indoors don't like it outside. So I prune mine to bring them in. I prune them, set it out. I've been doing this for close to 40 years without any problems at all. Hey, let's slide up to Oxford and uh, talk with Pam. Hey, Pam, good morning.
3: Hi. I have um, two avocado trees that I uh, grew from seeds, and suddenly they've grown like maybe six or seven feet tall, and I'll bring them in tomorrow, actually today. But do you right. do you prune them or something, or what do you do? I've just got these big, giant... Things. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to. Avocados are, are they're, they're trees and they're subtropical and they will, of course they'll freeze outside, but also they don't really like it indoors, like a lot of tropical plants. And, and those leaves are gonna probably be shed. Uh, but also, if you cut it back, it'll branch out. It'll be more like an avocado bush and it'll fit better. And uh, it's just a whole lot easier to, to move. You keep in mind, Pam, wherever you make a cut, whether it's a foot tall, two feet tall, five feet, wherever you make a cut. That's where the new growth comes out. So cut it below where you want it to oh. grow back up to. It. It'll sprout out pretty quickly. Uh, do that before you bring it in, and it won't ever miss a beat.
3: Okay. Thanks a lot. That's good. Okay. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh here,
0: here's here's another tip. If you have some branches on it, you can cut those back too. Hang some Mardi Gras beads or Christmas ornaments or something like that because it, it'll take the It'll take your mind off how bare it's going to look. It'll look like the Grinch's Christmas tree if you don't. But anyway, hang something on it just to, just to cheer you and it up. Okay.
3: Thank you very <laughs> okay. much.
0: All right. Appreciate it. Okie okay, uh Horticulture's fell to rushing here. If you want to give us a call, toll free one eight seven seven 1-877-MPB. Uh, I got a, a, an email from the folks who have a uh, a little ho- uh, hotel It's a funny little hotel in downtown Clarksdale. It's called the Traveler's uh, Hotel. It's where a lot of people come in for the blues and all stay. Uh, Almost like a, it's a cool place. But anyway, they've got these holes cut in the concrete out along the west side of it, and they wanted to plant some trees want to know what will grow there. And I'm thinking, first of all, it's surrounded by concrete. It's not going to get much water. It's going to be really, really hot. Radiated heat from that wall on the west side. It's going to take something pretty tough. And uh, what she decided to do uh, was go with something tall and thin. And I recommended bald cypress tree, plain old cypress trees, not Leyland cypress, but the ones that you see all around Mississippi, ball cypress, and a similar one called pond cypress, which doesn't have the knees. They grow in tight spaces. They grow in miserable dirt. They don't need a bunch of water. They'll take a lot of heat. They give a good bit of shade, and then when the needles fall, the little small needles, they don't clog up your your, your you know the the storm drain. They're real real easy. Right now in Oklahoma City, around uh, their their civic center, they have a a, a big uh, Sort of conservatory. They are in full rusty fall color. They're gorgeous trees. They're native, they're tough, and they don't interfere with power lines, cypress trees. We're going to take a real quick break, folks. I got a tune, uh, this, uh, one of my favorite artists with one of my favorite bands, the Count Basie Band, uh, behind this wonderful singer. Uh, t- taking a tune from Oklahoma, the musical. We'll be back with Morgan and me and Java and the folks at MPB, Right after this
2: as a bright golden haze in the meadow people There's a bright golden haze In the meadow The cone is as high As an elephant's eye And it looks like it's climbing Clear up to the sky Well I say oh What a beautiful morning, yeah. Yes What a wonderful day Y'all look out there I've got a beautiful Feeling Everything going my way Y'all come on now Oh, the cattle are standing like statues The cattle are standing like statues They don't turn their heads as they see me right by Maverick is winking her eyes. She said, Oh, what a beautiful morning. Yeah Well, what a wonderful day! I want y'all to know, Lord, I've got a beautiful.
3: MPBOnline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi public broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member all from one place. Get connected now at (laughs) MPBOnline.org.
0: Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and we're talking about gardening. Uh, got a couple of, call, couple of three calls already today, but I know some of y'all are thinking about what you're going to do next week, and most folks already figure out there's not much you can do. You can bring plants in that need bringing in. You can cover up a few temporarily if you need to, or, and you can plant things that like cold weather. Uh, or else you can run in circles and scream and shout. But there ain't nothing we can do about that 20 degrees headed our way. And it's just part of it, folks, part of gardening. Just like it gets hot and dry in the summer, it gets cold suddenly in the deep south in the wintertime. And uh, I've got, we have listeners who have plants that will take 30 below zero, 30 below zero up up in Michigan and uh, in Minneapolis and parts of Canada that won't take 20 degrees in Jackson, Mississippi, on the Gulf Coast, or in Tupelo. And it's not because they can't take cold weather, because they can't take that sudden drop. Uh, They need time to harden off, to slowly uh, get ready. And uh, we haven't had much of that. We've had a little bit, but not enough to really harden the plants off. I wouldn't worry about plants that are normally hardy, like the camellias, the sanquas, the daffodil foliage, and things like that. Uh, But if you've got some tender plants, you know, I'd either go and pull them up or bring them in. Uh, Let's go up to Greenwood and talk with Bill. Hey, Bill, how are you, sir? (laughs) Hey, Bill.
3: Yeah, Um, what's up, man?
1: That's the subject I was just getting ready to ask you. I've got a lot of little cactuses. I've got one plant I know I've got to bring
0: in, but I was wondering... uh,
1: do I have to bring in the cactuses on my front porch, or are they hardy? I don't think it's going well. They it really,
0: we, I grow a lot of different cacti and succulents, and about a third of mine are hardy, and I leave them out all the time. But there's, a matter of fact, there are cacti that are that grow wild out in the rocks in Oklahoma, and they'll take cold, cold, cold. But I don't know what kind you've got. Some will take it, some won't. Uh, if there's any way you could take a picture of some of them and, and uh, send them to me, I can tell you. If we know what they are, we can tell whether to bring them in or not. But without knowing, there's too many cacti and too many succulents, and about a third of them are hardy, and about two thirds of what they sell around garden centers are not hardy at all. But uh, well, they,
1: they have the description on the the uh, little container that they come in, most of them, but they don't well, mention about. Frost or any of that stuff.
0: Well, if if you got the names, you know, like I say, either the names of them or or uh, pictures of them, shoot them to me because you know this is something I'm. I hate to say I specialize in it, but if I, you know, I don't have hobbies like fishing or hunting or sports and all like that. My hobbies are it's not even gardening but well, my hobby is collecting weird plants and succulents and cacti them, and i've sort of been trying to specialize in plants that'll stay out all summer and all all year without getting too cold in the winter or too dry or more important too wet when we have too much rain so anyway shoot me the names or the pictures and we can take it if you're not sure bring it in
1: well, I don't think it's going to be very cold tonight, you
0: know. I'll probably no, no, tonight. no, no, no. It's uh, it's like Monday night or Tuesday. I can't remember now, but it's either Monday night or Tuesday. It's, it's going to get down, uh, you know, to the to the lower 20s. Yeah. Well, all right, fellas.
3: So, you have
1: a good day. I enjoy your show.
0: Okay, Bill. Yeah. Appreciate you being part of it. Thank you, man.
1: All right. Bye-bye.
0: And uh, before I go to this next call, let me mention this. Some people grow this plant called Chinese parasol tree. It's a big, t- tall, skinny. It looks like something Dr. Seuss would invent. Tall, skinny, narrow. The, the bark, even on old trees, is bright green, and the leaves are big. They're like a foot, foot and a half across. Um, what I do with mine, because the leaves are so big— When they turn brown and start to fall, I cut the whole tree down. I just cut it down sometimes to the ground, sometimes at waist high, sometimes head high. Uh, But that gets rid of all the top stuff, and I can drag it away without having to pick those leaves up. And next spring, they put out growth, and they can put out branches that grow seven, eight feet a year. So I use mine like a great big summer fern, cut them at different heights. But, you know, if you don't like raking those leaves, this would be a good weekend to cut down things like bananas, uh, that are going to turn nasty. It's so much easier to cut them down when you can grab them instead of them slipping out of your hands for all that nasty frozen slime. So think about using this weekend to sort of neaten the garden up before everything turns nasty. Uh, now let's go up to Greenville. Hey, Jackie, good morning. Thanks for calling. Mine.
3: morning. Um, I think Howdy. you just answered my question with this last guy. I have my uh, garlic bulbs planted in containers outdoors. Do I need to bring them in this winter or will they stay okay in the containers outside?
0: I grow my garlic in containers always. Now, what I would do though, if they're sitting up on something like on a bench, I would set them down on the ground so they don't, you know, so, and before a freeze, water them real good. But they need winter, I mean, they, the wintertime will not hurt them. Enough. They grow over the winter, just like daffodils, but put them, set them on the ground where they get winter sunshine, and right before a freeze, water them real good because, uh, you know, frozen roots. Uh, or it will take more temperature than air dry roofs, if that makes sense. But, no, they'll the, – and go ahead and give them a little fertilizer too, Jackie, just a little bit of bulb food or something like that. Leave them outside, just water them before it freezes. They'll do great.
3: Thanks a bunch. Bye.
0: Okay. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've grown garlic just about. I planted some last week. Uh, you know, they'll be up a little bit, but they grow just like daffodils. Uh, when, my da- when my garlic in the springtime starts to send out that little funny flower, it looks like, well, it's an alien flower. It's like a big lollipop. Uh, what I do with mine is I, I cut the flowers off when they're still buds, keep them from wasted energy. I want the energy to go to the bulb. All righty, folks, you want to give us a call? It's toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring anytime we're, we're glad to talk with you also you can email during the week garden at org. i try to catch up on my calls as soon as i can it might take me a day or so because i'm traveling today i'm leaving oklahoma city and going to visit a friend of mine named russell studebaker from tulsa oklahoma he writes right, right for the tulsa world and he's a digger he's got a yard full of stuff uh and i, I tell you one of the classic things about russell's garden that most diggers, the determined independent gardeners have, is a, a row uh, along his driveway, sort of like a plant purgatory. He's got plants in pots waiting for a hole to open up out in the yard. Some have been in the pot so long you can't even tell what they were. They've been dead so long. Even the, the, the tag, the name tag that he's stuck in there is faded. But uh, most gardeners are going to have, most diggers are going to have a row of plants, sort of like the ultimate hardiness test. You know, leave it in a pot for three years. If still alive, then put it in your yard. You can tell for sure about that. But anyway, toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, I got an interesting email from a guy named Benjamin, I don't know how to pronounce, Navar. I'm going to say Navarrete. Uh, he said he's inspired by the horticulture he gives every week, but he's got a south-facing area in his garden. He wants to have what they call a forest garden or an edible landscape. You know, he wants to put trees that produce uh, food, understory shrubs that produce food, ground covers and perennials that produce food. In other words, a yard that looks like a forest or, or a regular landscape with trees, shrubs, perennials, ground covers, things like that, that are all edible or as many as possible. Anyway, uh, he said he's interested in permaculture, which is basically just old-fashioned gardening. Permaculture was the way we gardened before we had hoses and miracle Grow and, and gas tillers and all that. Permaculture is just basically growing the best you can. You use a lot of mulch and Compost and things like that. Anyway, uh, he's thinking about putting a mayhaw tree or persimmon tree. Those would work. Uh, blueberry bushes, rosemary bushes, of course, uh, strawberries for ground cover, garlic and onions, muscadines, uh, bath, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, and you can do it where it looks like just a normal yard that happens to have edible stuff. Uh, anyway, I sent them a list of some other plants that grow really, really well, fruit plants that are landscape quality. And if you'd like a, a copy of that list, send me an email. Uh, I've got a list of plants that uh, me and Tom Mann and some other the, the backyard fruit growers have put together of plants that look good in the yard that produce stuff you can eat. I'll be glad to send that to you. If you'll send me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, now, before we take a little break, let's go up to Kosciuszko.com. And talk with Mary. Hey, Mary, thanks for calling. Hi. How are you? I'm well, Felder. How are you? So far, so good. Santa Claus doesn't know about some of the stuff, but we'll let that one go. Okay.
2: I have a corn
1: plant, Felder. At least that's what I was told that it was called a corn plant.
2: Uh Uh-huh. And
1: uh, I left it outside the other night when the temperature dropped, and it looks kind of freezer, like it kind of... You know,
0: got a little too cold, and what
1: do oh, I need for
0: yeah. it over the winter? Well, you have to bring it in. Corn plant. I I don't I don't have the corn plant itself. That's the one with the stem and the kind of the widely long leaves, yes. but kind of you know two or three inches wide. Yes.
3: Um,
0: uh, they have to be brought in, but they'll take low light. If you put it, if you cut it back, you know, uh, Mary, it does not hurt to cut these plants back. You know, if you okay. ever ever watched uh, movies where they're hacking through a jungle with a machete, that's corn plants they're cutting. So okay. if you cut it back, wherever you make a cut, it's going to sprout out once, twice, maybe three branches right there. So the bad-looking stuff not going to get any better. The new stuff's going to come out the top. But if you've got more than one trunk, cut one kind of low or one kind of medium, and then bring it in. Put it near a bright window, and uh, don't keep it wet, but don't let it stay dry. And it'll do put out new growth before you know it.
3: Thank you very much,
0: Felder. Okay, good luck on it. See ya. Bye-bye. All righty, folks. Horticulture's fell failed to rushing. Talking about gardening, it's really funny. We've been doing this this thing uh, uh, when I'm overseas, when I'm traveling around. If i got to be someplace on a Friday, just cannot be in the studio. we got this Skype thing worked out, and it's free. It's free for me. It's free for MPB. It's free for you. So if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, and uh, Java will hook us up. I'm in Oklahoma City, wherever you are. We're going to be talking about gardening Right up until the end of the hour, We've got plenty of time to chat about things that are going on in your yard right now, lawn care, even lawn care this time of year. Because some of you are going to be calling me in about three months wanting to know about lawn weeds, and i got a way that you can head that off right now. Anyway, we're going to take a real quick break. Me and Java and other folks at MPB, and talk with you about gardening right after this. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture fellow rushing. And uh, I might want to mention, I'm seeing a brown patch in people's lawns right now. If you've got St. Augustine grass, you've got curves or circles that are kind of brown and nice little curves. Probably brown patch. It shows up when we have warm days and cool, wet nights like we've had the past week. Not much you can do about it, but uh, when you cut your grass for the last time, put your mower on the highest setting. Don't, don't scalp the lawn. Let it be high over the wintertime. Now, now let's go to Benton benton and talk with billy hey billy good morning is it benton or benton benton oh there you go i know how to spell it but i would have said benton
2: <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's okay that's what they pronounce it what i want to ask you was i uh, we, we went to a seed
1: and feed store to buy us a rutabaga seed and they give your patties that had already been filled out and on the patties at the top of it, the word rutabaga the bottom was turnips what is the difference of
0: a turnip and a rutabaga well, that's a good question. They're really, really closely related, and a uh, matter of fact, in England. They're called Swedes, and I don't know why. And oddly enough, the, the earliest pumpkins for jack o' lanterns were carved out rutabagas. But anyway, uh, there the, the difference. Uh, you know, both of them look like turnips. They grow like turnips. You can eat the leaves, but rutabagas make a great big uh, softball or bigger sized bulb and the turnips uh, stay a little bit smaller. Turnips, you can eat them. Uh, anyway, they're they're almost identical, but rutabagas get a whole lot bigger. And sometimes some people say they're a little bit sweeter-tasted.
2: But they're not the same thing, are they? They're a little bit different. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. No, if, you, if I were to plant rutabagas and I got turnips, I'd be kind of honked off and vice versa. But it's just like <laughs> uh, getting a pepper. You know, you buy a pepper and you get a tomato instead. They're related, too, but it's not the same thing.
2: I got you. Okay, well, that's what I want to know. I appreciate your time.
0: Okay, hey, you need to go ahead and get them in the ground pretty quick, Billy, because they'll, they'll take cold weather, but they won't take hard, hard freezes. You can plant them this weekend because the seeds won't sprout I'll before do. it gets cold, but but they they you know they won't take hard freezes in the wintertime. Let's get them in the, and save some seeds to plant in February or so.
2: Yeah, I'll get in the ground right back today, probably. Thank you.
0: All right, appreciate it. Okay, let's slide back to, to my little hometown uh, called Fondren, Fondren, Mississippi. Hey, Ed, how are you, sir? Hey, what's up, dude? Uh, I would run Not a it. thing. It's Edward. Edward, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah gonna, know, you know,
1: it's, uh, We were in Cruise So, check it out. I have a question. What is the chameleon thing you were talking about on the coast? What day?
0: Oh, the chameleon thing. Hang on. I've yeah. got it here. I've got it just right here. It's, it's a Saturday. Uh, November the I got to scroll up on my my thing here. Uh, November the twentieth. November, hang on a second. I got here we go. November the twenty third, Saturday, November twenty so, third, okay. one on. to four.
1: Oh, let me. One other question. I have two. Um, I don't know if there are lemon or lime trees
2: uh-huh.
1: that are uh, that are out on my little courtyard outside in in pots. They need to come inside tonight. You think?
0: Not not so much tonight. Have they started blooming yet? A lot of times they bloom in the winter time. Sometimes no, they bloom not, in the late they had, fall.
1: It never bloomed.
0: Yeah, uh, if you'll give them a little fertilizer, uh, I would bring them in if it's going to get you know to thirty. Well, to freeze, you know, thirty-five or below. Uh, the, the 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 trees will take down the twenties, but the flowers and the fruit won't. So, the main thing is protect them from actual freezing.
2: Okay. And they, then, they, and then if you so get a chance, I know
0: it's a house. pain in. The, I, it's a pain in the rear, but when but when the temperatures warm back up, put it back outside. It grows better outside in cool weather than indoors, where the low light, low humidity.
1: i then mean, I to bring them in. It's going to freeze. Space right here with all these windows, so they might yeah. be okay inside for a little while.
0: Oh yeah, they'll they'll do fine. Uh, you know, don't let them stay dry. You don't have to keep them sopping wet. But also, uh, see if your air see if your heater blows on them because when heat blows right on plants, that takes a, that dries the leaves out fat, too fast. So yeah. If it is, see if you can. Uh, have I had a,
1: direct heat. Yeah.
0: There you go. There you go. That's no cool, problem, dude. man. Man, appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, sir Edward. Appreciate it. Bye. All righty. Now, let me see. I've got, uh, who else we got? Oh, let's go to Shiloh. Hey, Renee, you're up in the icebox part of the country, part of the state.
3: I am. I am. What's
0: going on up in northeast Mississippi?
3: Well, we had a major storm up here the other night, and I lost five big oak trees. And, oh, boy. Uh, and uh, I am going to have to cut some down i mean all the way down and i need to reply i want to replace them with something i'm looking to replace them with something uh with some pretty leaves thinking about maybe a maple or something like that what do you suggest
0: well there, there are some really really good maples and and they're they're real easy uh you want to you know you want to get maples from a a southern source you don't want to get one from vermont because they're different varieties uh but there's some really good maples. ginkgos are always pretty with the fall colors um but you know there's there's also purple leaf plum it's not a big tree but it's pretty and it's got pretty flowers and then those, those nice kind of a dark dark burgundy leaves um but also there's a tree that's got if you want fall color, there's a plant called pistachio, pistache, Chinese pistache. It's an interesting okay. tree. It has the most brilliant colors, and it's a good, fast grower. And then the last one I'd recommend has got really pretty bark. It's called Chinese elm. Some people call it Drake elm. But there's some, there's some uh, good choices. And think about planting two or three different kinds kind of close together so you have a a, 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 a nice mixed effect.
3: Good idea. So you would mix some of those up together.
0: Yeah, you know, not too close, but, uh, you
3: know, I like ball
0: cypress because ball cypress is a tall, skinny tree with beautiful, rusty red fall color, and then you put that by a plant that's got a round shape. In other words, you can mix the shapes of the trees as well as the fall colors.
3: Okay, that sounds wonderful. I have one more question. Uh, okay. When they are digging, doing my stumps and everything, I've lost a lot of They've messed up my grass. Is it okay to go ahead and sod with Bermuda right now? Because that's what I have in my Uh, front yard. Will it be okay? uh,
0: Yeah, I I would not, and the reason why, because sod doesn't have time to grow good roots to knit it to the ground before winter, and you'd have to water it even in January and February because a cold wind and the sun can dry it out. I'd wait till spring to do that, but meanwhile, throw some ryegrass seed out over the area. Just have something green, and then in the springtime, mow the grass real close and lay the sod, and the, 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 the root paths of the dying ryegrass will be root paths for your Bermuda grass.
3: Oh, okay, okay. Well, I had wondered about that. I didn't know how the Bermuda would do right now in the winter time. So, okay. Yeah, and the name no. of the uh, elm again was what?
0: Uh, it's called Chinese elm. Some people call it Drake, D-R-A-K-E. Real pretty bark. It's a great little tree.
3: Okay. Well, thank you very much. That gives me some new ideas. I appreciate okay. your answering my question. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Thank you, Renee. Stay stay warm. Now we got we're gonna slide over to Oklahoma. Richard, are you really calling from Oklahoma?
1: Uh, well, uh, this is Richard, and I'm actually in traveling through Mississippi,
0: stopped on the side of the road to call you. Uh, I'm in Oklahoma been... City right now. I'm going to be in Tulsa tonight.
1: Are you really? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I was trying to figure out. Are you coming to the Master Gardener uh,
0: meeting well, I'm, I'm I'm at one right now. As soon as I get off the air, I'm they're gonna be introducing me as I I'm gonna throw a sports coat on, and tie my hair back, and walk right on the stage. But this is Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah, I, I wish I was wish I was there for that. I'm I'm a uh, I just started master gardening. I just finished the course this fall, but I have a question for Norman, Oklahoma for for living in Norman, Oklahoma. I have yeah. a cycad, an asparagus fern, a bougainvillea, and a and a hibiscus that. I don't have room for inside. That I got to keep them alive if I can. <laughs> well, without you know putting them in the garage where where it won't freeze, and then taking them out
0: during the day when it's warmed up. Is that gonna to hurt them? Help them? No. Uh, the work? cycad can't be. You know the the bougainvillea, the hi, the hi, uh, hibiscus. Uh, go in and prune them back where there's not a leaf left on them. They'll put out new growth, but they're going to drop all those leaves when you bring it in. Anywhere. So go ahead and cut them back before you bring them in. And uh, the cycad, the main thing is, uh, you know, it'll actually take frost, but it won't take a hard, hard freeze. So the main thing is if it's going to freeze, uh, bring the cycad in. But the other, just cut them way back because look like hat racks with no leaves, and they'll do fine. And don't, and don't worry about trying to take them out on warm days or anything like that. Well, no, no. You know, I mean, if it's gonna be warm for a few days, you know, yeah, you know, take them out for a walk. But, but other, otherwise, uh, <laughs> otherwise, I tell you what, if I'm I'm here in Oklahoma, if you buy me a round trip ticket to Key West, I'll swing by your place to pick them up and take them to Key West for the winter. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, it's gonna be seventeen.
1: <laughs> gonna be seventeen next week in Norman.
0: So I know, I know. Well, anyway, yeah. get back on the road, hands on the wheel. Appreciate your call, Van. Great. Thank you very much. All righty. Call him from Mississippi. He lives in Oklahoma. I'm from Mississippi. I'm in Oklahoma. We're talking by way of Mississippi public broadcasting. How about that, folks? Uh, we got time now, I think to
1: Yeah, Felda. we got time for this one last call. I think we're gonna go to um Alan in, 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 Mo- in
0: Mobile. Okay. What's up, Alan? Hey man, we're out hey. of time, but what's up?
1: Okay, weeds all around. It's got 18 acres, of uh, weeds and dyes all around the fences. Is it too late for application of uh, 24D with surfactant on that stuff? It's still got some green to hit it with. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. If they're if they're summer weeds, they're going to get killed back this this this. You know, this week, coming week. If they're winter weeds, I'd wait till everything has gone completely dormant, you know, nice warm day in December before you, you spray winter, winter and spring stuff. Uh, because right now we're in that little transition area. There's a lot of stuff that's still green out there that could be damaged by 2,4 D. But if you wait till you, after we've had a freeze, that stuff will be out of the way and the winter stuff are real susceptible to it without damage. In other words, I'd wait till we've had a, a, a little bit more cold weather to take care of the, the summer stuff. It's too late to spray the summer stuff. It's too early to spray the winter stuff. I guess is what I'm saying. Anyway, if you have some more questions about that, shoot me an email: garden at mpbonline org. I'm about to go jump on the stage and talk to Oklahoma Master Gardeners. But uh, we've had a little bit of fun today. What's that? Okay. We're gonna take a take a break. Be back next week. Meanwhile, if you get a chance, take a kid to a farmers market. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all next week.